I'm Evelyn and I'm a geoholic. Welcome back, Geoholics, episode 163. 163. We are setting the tone with that one. Yes, absolutely. You will all find out here in just a few minutes when we introduce our guests this evening. Um, Geo Week. I guess we should do a recap real quick. Uh, We might have to do a quick uh, recap for Geo Week. Yep. Uh, uh, You know, you didn't ask, but my, my freaking amazing. You go ahead. No, it was your first time. I was there last year, so I got to experience it. Um, this year was even better than last year, uh, but it was it was amazing. Um, yeah, I can't thank everybody enough that came by our our, our mobile studio. Yeah, and yeah. Sat Brought down. the whole studio there. Yep, sat down, had a conversation with us. Mm-hmm. Um, so many people coming up, just saying hi and thanks for what we do and everything. It was very humbling, of course. Um, by the time this episode comes out which will be this coming Monday, yep. all the yep. Geo Week day episodes will have been released. That's correct. So hopefully everybody is able to catch up that way. But it was an absolute blast. If you've never been, highly, highly, highly recommended. It is probably the best geospatial conference um, in North America. I mean, the, the robots were running around, or the dog robots were running around. There were drones everywhere. I mean, every 30 minutes, somebody was walking around, 3D capturing and yeah. I, it was it was crazy the amount of technology and the people. I mean, absolutely, it was a, it was a great turnout. Very, uh, I don't know, I was I was very impressed. And it was it was really cool to like catch up with some of our friends of the program that were there oh, as well. Man. <laughs> Even besides the the week in general, yeah, the fact that we got to meet and hang out with a lot of people that support us and yep. um, had a lot of good feedback and really getting to spend the time with all those people is really amazing. It really was. So all, if you've never been. Highly, highly recommended for next mm-hmm. year. Absolutely. Other than that, let's uh, let's who, who do we have? Uh, we have. I'm here. You're yeah, here. What else is uh? What, what's new other than Geo Week? I mean, tell us a little bit outside the conference itself, Kent. How how was the trip? Uh, oh, the you trip. Know. You want to talk about that? We'll talk about so the trip was, a little bit. It was really funny because here we are in Denver, and you know, Sean's like, "Oh gosh, I hope it snows. It'd be so cool to see snow, right?" And I'm like, "Screw that! I don't want snow." Of yeah, course, it snows. That lasted for about five seconds. It snows. My flight gets canceled, and his does not. So I get stuck in Denver for an extra day. Yeah, and it was. Uh, ridiculously cold and that uh that excitement about the snow lasted about five minutes and then i was uh, ready to get back to phoenix yeah absolutely but uh, other than that everything's good how about you oh you know not a whole lot just kind of getting back to it getting into a normal week um you know you know kind of back to normal back to normal kind of kind of you know i don't want to call it the grind because you know it's a not that's not the thing but yeah i don't know normal stuff not a big fan of normal yeah, maybe that's why it feels weird. I kind of enjoyed last week. We ran, we went on a run there from probably about Ooh. Thanksgiving to Christmas to then January, and we did some trips, and then the Open, and then the, the Super, Super Bowl, Bowl, and then the conference, mm. and then now it's actually just a normal, boring week. <laughs> Until tonight. Well, Until this tonight. Is the highlight of the week. No yeah, doubt. yeah. So let's get our third member of the cast introduced here. Of course, we have Peta Cox with us. Hi, Peta. 
Good morning. Good afternoon. Hello. Hello. Yeah, she's happy yeah. Friday for you. It's like yeah. late morning. Or happy Thursday, I should say. Oh, let's figure this out. I got this is the stuff that I, I hard time wrapping my mind around. Mm-hmm. So where we are right now, it is five oh six PM yes. on Wednesday. Wednesday evening. Where PETA is, it is Thursday morning. Eleven oh six Friday. Eleven oh six. No, Thursday. 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 <laughs> I and, wish it was Friday. Yes. And then where our guest Thursday. is this evening, it's 2 a.m. Thursday. Yes. yes. Wow. Isn't it crazy? Time zones. It might still feel like Wednesday night for her, depending on if she's a, a late, <laughs> a really, really late uh, person or a really, yes. really early person. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. What's new with you, Peter? Oh, work, work. Work, work, work. Yeah, work. I've been seeing yeah. the uh, some of the social media updates. I've mm-hmm. been, you know, <coughs> look like you're out doing the thing. It's, looks like you're busy. Uh, yeah, keeping busy, trying to um, trying to keep up with everything. And, yeah, that's, I don't know, it's a grind. <laughs> I call it the grind. <laughs> it's a sorry, grind. <laughs> it's a grind. Yep. Yeah, no, it's all good. Uh, everything's going well. The academy's good. I'm getting some teachers on board, so that's nice. going to take some yeah, nice. I've been doing podcasts with other people and got my podcast up going again. So noticed. <laughs> Back yeah. to being busy. Overachiever Hi. lately. Yeah. Well, she did take a two month holiday there. So oh. true. Oh. You know. Shush. 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 <laughs> true, true. <laughs> the holidays in Australia last. They like, last forever. a long yeah. time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I needed a break. Well, then mm. there's that. And you yeah. deserved it. For sure. Thank For sure. You. All right, let's move on. Sean, good luck with this. Tell us about that opening number. Uh, yes, uh, bear with me. Um, I will I will get through this. Uh, that was an artist called Ferruz uh, and a song called Nasim Elena El Hawa. Um, and the uh, starting off here, Nuhad Wadi Haddad, born November 21st, 1934, known as Ferruz. Our guest will tell me how much I butchered all those names. Uh, is Lesbian? Oh, she is a Lebanese, Lebanese singer, <laughs> considered by many uh, as one of the leading vocalists and most famous singers in the history of the Arab world. Farouz is considered the the musical icon of Lebanon and is popular popularly known as the soul of Lebanon. In a career spanning over six decades, Farouz has recorded nearly. 1,500 songs, Wow! released more than 80 albums, performed in 20 musicals, and sold over 150 million records worldwide, making her one of the highest-selling Middle Eastern artists of all time and one of the best-selling music artists in the world. I can tell you, I've read a fair amount of these now, and 150 million records is a lot. That's in the that's in the top echelons here. Like even the people that were like, "Oh, this is the greatest band ever." They're like 60, 80 million records. Like yeah. 150 is ridiculous. Uh, six decades is also ridiculous. I should have probably looked to see if she's still living because born in 1934, that would make her 98. Mm. Is that the right math there? She's doing uh, the math. Yeah, that 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 would be. No, not 98. Uh, 88? Uh, 90, she'll be 90 next year. So 89. 89. Uh, 88, 89. actually. 88. 88. Oh, yeah. That's 10 years. So old. that's still. Still, okay. Well, pretty amazing. To put it in perspective, we're on episode 163. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
<laughs> and we are we are a tenured weathered group. <laughs> oh man, it feels like five hundred episodes. Jeez, really? All right, here we are in the Mentoring Monday studio this week. If you're not familiar with Mentoring Mondays, be sure to check out the web. Be sure to check out the website, MentoringMondays.xyz, to find out more. Uh, Sean, you're up. Airwork somewhat random trivia. What do you got for us this week? Uh, uh, first note: uh, she is still alive. 87 years 87 old. 87 years old. Good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, 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 wow. Yeah, yeah. That's mm. amazing. Okay. Uh, based on our, our guest, um, I uh, pulled a couple of random, uh, not really random, but a couple of just, uh, just a few trivia nuggets on surveying in uh, Egypt, uh, specifically ancient Egypt. Uh, I, I know Ken likes, Ken likes this. The uh, Egyptian phrase for a surveyor was a rope stretcher, and surveying was known as stretching a rope. Similar to, you know, Kent and his chain and all that kind of stuff. Uh, they used cubits, which is traditionally the length from the bent elbow to the tips of the fingers. Uh, they also used palms, which is the width of the palm or the width of the palm of the hand. And digits, which is the width of uh, the human finger. So four digits equals one palm and seven palms equals one cubit. Uh, and based on my brief research, the, the rough approximation of a cubit is about 20.59 inches. Uh, I don't know what that is in centimeters, uh, but you guys can convert it. That was good. Yeah. So interesting. I, I really like the rope stretcher thing and, and some of the th stuff I was reading and, you know, even the old pictures and it's just crazy how that's like mm. 2,500 BC and the fundamental idea is yeah. not that far off than when really I did not. a very similar trivia about mm. the origins of modern surveying and it's essentially the same thing. Indeed. They would even put knots in it and yep. they would have it a specified length and the rope would be, you know, I, it, I yeah. think it's all really cool. That's five thousand years old and crazy. Basically, the same exercise. From an engineering perspective, are there practices today that existed the same or similar five thousand years ago? Uh, <coughs> what I would say is uh, yes, absolutely. And it's the the easiest way is in like uh, cement or cementous mm. materials, oh. not like modern day cement that's sure. actually made. You know, that's made. But the idea of taking very very fine particles that uh, that react with water and set up a little bit, that is still that was happening two thousand years BC and is still going on today. I mean, you can go back and and actually. Uh, Really quick, if you might nerding nerding out a little bit, they found some really really old concrete, like at the the Parthenon or Pantheon or whichever one of those, and they're wondering like, how is this concrete like still around? Mm. And what they found was, you know, lime is a part of concrete, mm -hmm. and what they thought they were when they were investigating the concrete, they were seeing like little speckles of lime, mm. and they originally thought like maybe they just didn't have modern mixing materials to actually get it all ground up and mixed up. Gotcha. But what actually what they discovered is as concrete cracks which by the way all concrete cracks hmm. not even the best one all cracks well as it cracked it would crack along the line where that little lime or that little speck was or a little mm -hmm. chunk of lime mm -hmm. and once the water hit that it actually expanded and then that crack didn't go any further Interesting. So it was almost like it was there on purpose wow. that it that it you know it, it's almost like control joints where you force mm -hmm. it to crack and then boom it happens and then it doesn't 
crack forever and then doesn't fall apart. It would be amazing if they intended it for do, to do that. I I like to think that they did. That's incredible. But the fact that it's still standing is, you know, yeah. you, you got to give them credit. You know, the, oh the proof is in the pudding. It Absolutely. still exists. So yep. And I would be remiss if I failed to wish you a uh, happy Engineers Week. Oh, thank you. I should have got you a gift. You yeah. can have the last sip of my shake if you'd like. Uh, hard, um, hard pass on that, but thank you. <laughs> Didn't even know it was Engineers uh, Week until you told me. Oh, I know. I know. That's all right. We still love you. Um, Peter, I'm going to have you do the Advanced Genetic Survey's Weekly Words of Wisdom. Just so you don't have to listen to me all the time. No, but I... Do you not have it? it. No. <laughs> oh my gosh! Does nobody I'm read the? For it. Does nobody read the, the 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 program notes except for me? Uh, I came prepared. And Sean. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I will take care of this. Uh, this week's advanced genetic surveys weekly words of wisdom is as follows: um, Our world is evolving without consideration, and the result is a loss of biodiversity, energy issues congestion in cities, but geography, if used correctly, can be used to redesign sustainable and more livable cities. That is Jack Dangerman, founder of Esri. Oh, and yeah. From, uh, he was a keynote speaker. Yeah, he was yeah. the speaker. So th- I, th- I thought that was uh, applicable, and plus it goes along with our, uh, our episode this evening. Before we get to our guests this evening, here is this week's Bad Elf Minute. Hello, Geoholics, and welcome to Bad Elf's Point of Beginning, a segment specially crafted for the consumption of geospatial news, history, and technology. We hope you enjoy the content and perhaps even learn something. My name is Dr. Nick Smolovsky, I'm a geoholic, and I'm here to be your geospatial guide. Howdy, Geoholics. I want to spend an extra minute today discussing recent advances in artificial intelligence that we are seeing all over the news. In a previous POB segment, we reviewed ChatGPT. Today, I'm expanding on that message to specifically discuss the implications of AI plagiarism and how people can detect AI-generated text in the future. Let's start quickly with a review of ChatGPT. As an AI language model, ChatGPT creates its responses by generating text based on patterns and relationships it has learned from a large data set of text. Specifically, ChatGPT is a type of neural network called a transformer model that uses self-attention mechanisms to process input text and generate output text. When you ask a question or provide a prompt, ChatGPT processes the input and generates a response by predicting the most likely sequence of words that will answer your question or provide a relevant response. The output is generated based on patterns and relationships learned from the vast amount of text that it has been trained on, which allows it to generate responses that are often grammatically correct and contextually appropriate. Okay, so what the heck does that all mean? And what is ChatGPT actually doing? Is this considered plagiarism? Well, whether or not AI-generated text is considered plagiarized depends on the context and how the text is used. If the AI-generated text is presented as original work without proper attribution, attribution or citation, then it could absolutely be considered plagiarism. This is like copying pasting text from another source without proper uh, reference. This is plagiarism. However, if the AI-generated text is used as a tool or a resource to assist in the creation of original work and is properly cited and attributed, then it would not be considered plagiarism. In this case, the AI-generated text is being used as a tool 
to create original work rather than being presented as original work itself. It's important to note that there may be ethical considerations surrounding the use of AI-generated text, particularly in the fields when originality and creativity are highly valued, like in art. In these contexts, the use of AI-generated text may be a shortcut or a form of cheating, even if it is not technically considered plagiarism. Okay, so how do we know if something was written by ChatGPT? Well, there are various systems and techniques that can be used to detect AI-generated text. One popular approach is to use machine learning algorithms to identify patterns and characteristics that are commonly associated with automated text, such as the use of specific phrases or the presence of certain syntax structures. There, there are a few apps I suggest you try if you want to uh, run your AI-generated text through a checker. They are OpenAI's ChatGPT de Detector, Botometer, and Grover. Okay, well, that's what we got. It's a brave new world out there, Geoholics. How are you adapting to this new artificial intelligence? If you have any questions or comments about today's POB segment, please reach out to me via LinkedIn or through the Geoholics channels. And that does it for us at B2 Studios in sunny Texas. Live long and prosper, my friends. Let's loop our guest in. Uh, we have Maha Kamel with us, and this is our first guest from Egypt. So this is a big night for us. It really is. This is yeah. huge. This yeah. is huge. Yeah. And I believe she said it's her first podcast. So we're both a little nervous. You know, bear with us here just a little bit. It's going to be fine. But uh, a little bit about Maha. She's born and raised in Cairo, Egypt. Okay. Attended Ain Shams University for undergrad. Ended up with a bachelor's degree in computer and system engineering. Peter's going to love this, and you guys have to have a live or a conversation on air. Uh, she is an espresso and coffee lover. Ooh. I know. I saw that. I was so excited. <laughs> she likes cooking, reading, and participating in physical activities like walking, swimming, and exercising. Sean and I have been talking about doing a little bit more of that lately. Well, Just, we're going to uh, start with uh, uh, eating better and... Uh, not, not drinking. Not treating our bodies like gymnasiums, <laughs> but more like temples. There you go. I like that. I like that. Uh, currently, she is a geospatial advisor who is driving and leading the geospatial strategy at a company called Edge Pro, which we're going to learn more about. And finally, she's passionate and excited about innovation and creativity. Maha, welcome to the Geoholics. Uh, thanks uh, for inviting me. Uh, me uh, I'm so happy to be here. We are really happy to have you. Absolutely. Um, so now we do an icebreaker, Maha, and this week's Trimble Pro Point icebreaker. If you had to delete, I can't wait to see everybody's response to this. If you had to mm -hmm. delete all but three apps from your smartphone, which ones would you keep? So I'm only allowed to keep three, three apps? apps. Oh. Yes. Okay, WhatsApp will be the first one uh, that I will keep. Uh, yeah. uh, I, yeah. Cons yeah. I consider it uh, all, all in one app. Uh, I can use it for uh, sending messages and receiving messages with my family, with my friends, and also for, for businesses. Uh, I can use it for many purposes as it supports group chat and variety of messages types. Uh, I can share text, photos, document, voice, uh, and also make, make a calls. And 
for the second I, uh, app, uh, I can keep also uh, Google Maps uh, because my sense of direction is terrible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 the third app uh, uh, is um, Gmail, uh, oh. is also my mean of, uh, to communicate with uh, the corporate world uh, we live in. Very good. All right, Sean. This is going to be good. Sean's uh, looking at his phone. I, um, <laughs> I, I was going to do a ridiculous the same thing. amount of apps here. Uh, I mean, just looking at the ones I use the most, uh, is this like, can I ask a question first? Is this like that I would need to live like normally professionally or like in an ideal world, that's the only thing I had? I guess in an ideal world. Well, okay. Or you said if you had to delete, so I'm just going to go you with... Have to, you can only keep I need, three. I need the Outlook app because that uh, same as Maha, I need my you know email. It's how mm -hmm. I communicate. That's my calendar. Yep. At this point in my life, I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow until yep. I look at the Outlook app that it tells me. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I will say, God, I'm sorry, but... It'll be TikTok. TikTok. Oh my! <laughs> I gotta. Uh, it's a part. I oh. took. I took a two-week TikTok break, and uh, and it was good. It was so a good cleanse. I, but I now I'm back here. to it. You took a two-week TikTok break. Yep. So your alcohol consumption went up <laughs> during those two weeks. Now you're going back to TikTok, and the alcohol consumption Some, is going. Something's got to give. I oh. can't have the. You need the, device yes. of some sort. Jeez. And uh, the third one, I mean. Uh, just because she's on tonight, I would also say WhatsApp because that's how I communicate with Peter. Indeed, indeed. All right, Peter, you're up. Yeah, well, WhatsApp was my first because, yeah, all my friends overseas, that's how I, how I talk to them. Send them photos and videos and all that kind of stuff. Um, I guess my Instagram. <laughs> ah, okay. Because yeah, yeah. that keeps me entertained. Yeah. Um, I, I would maybe have to say... I would hate to say it, but yeah, some kind of Outlook or Gmail or something because, yeah, I've got to put everything into my calendar as well because mm. I can't remember anything. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, what about you, Kent? Is there, a, you know uh, is there a curling news now app that you just can't live without? <laughs> there is one of those, but I'm going to say I can live without that. Uh, okay, okay. But I think I found a loophole in this. Oh, geez. I will have the Safari app. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, that doesn't that count. That gets you to everything, basically. That doesn't count. All right. Well, then I'm going to have to go with um, LinkedIn. Oh, um, really? I'll go with Outlook and WhatsApp. So boring. I know. I know. I don't know. What else? I'm looking at my apps on my phone. What else would I keep YouTube. No, yeah, yeah a little bit. Oh, no, Spotify. That's Spot a big yeah. one. I oh, use Spotify yeah. every yeah, day. I would say we're, I'm, mm. a, I'm an Android guy, so I'm Amazon Music. Yeah. I'll, I'd get rid of, I think I'd get rid of my emails and my calendar for Spotify, actually. Mm. Yeah. Because if this is an ideal world, I don't need to be yeah. Amazon or Am do anything oh, for Amazon. 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 Yeah. but That's a good one to keep. Yeah. I mean. That's a tough still, one. If you only that's have three. One. I hope people listening are thinking about this because <laughs> I'm still flipping through all these apps on my I mean, phone. Like, do I need that? I what know. terrible world where you uh, only have three apps to choose from? Like, what, that sounds even on worse. Though, hold on, though. Would it be a terrible world? It might be a better world. I think that if that's the if, if that's where we're at, there are some serious things that have gone wrong for us to get to the point where we're only allowed to 
three have three apps on our phone. Sorry. It makes you think for sure. Right? It does. It does. And it also was like, what am I doing with like 150? Like, that's crazy. Like, why do I need all these? I was just flipping through and I've got like seven, seven pages of swipes. But then on one of those pages, I've got like folders for all of them. So like, I would hate to think Jeez. how many apps I've actually got on my phone. Ugh. I probably we, don't use half of them. But. We are way too reliant on technology. We, we are. It's just embarrassing. Yeah. Hey, Sean. What's up, buddy? Let's uh, talk a little bit about AirWorks. Yeah, let's do that. All right. Born at MIT, inspired by the advances in aerial data acquisition and the potential power of AI, AirWorks was founded by David Morsnick and Adam Kersnowski in August of 2017. Yeah, it was. Their complementary backgrounds in aerospace engineering, drones, and construction led to a combined desire to harness the power of technology to automate a traditionally time-consuming aerial data processing approach. Tell us more. Uh, sure. Headquartered in Boston, AirWorks employs a team of unmatched AI experts, software developers, sales experts, marketers, geographers, and civil engineers all working together to redefine the future of mapping for the built world. And some other big news. Yeah. We just chatted with uh, David and Adam at GeoWeek last week, and they announced that they have recently formed a strategic partnership with Datasite and NearMap strengthening their position in the 3D world, no question. Innovation is definitely in their DNA. And to find out more, simply go to airworks.io. All right, let's get back to our guest and focus on her. Yes, absolutely. Maha, let's get to know you just a little bit. Uh, give us an idea of what it was like growing up in uh, Cairo. Um, Cairo is really a wonderful place. Uh, Egyptians uh, are friendly, open to other cultures, and known for their good uh, hospitality. Uh, they like to help people. Uh, Egypt has uh, has rich history, uh, amazing natural, historical, and cultural uh, attractions. Uh, when it comes to family, uh, it's very important for Egyptians, so they pay special attention to family values and relationships. Uh, families members are uh, so connected. Um, and my parents formed the core of my early values and the principles. Uh, I am grateful uh, to them for walking with me every step uh, uh, of the way, uh, and even during the harder times. Also, friendships are beautiful uh, thing. I am having a small number of close friends. Uh, some of them uh, are similar to me, and some uh, are different, uh, who shown me a different perspective of the life and taught me about myself and uh, the world uh, at large. Um, actually, life in Cairo is much the same as uh, it is in any other city in the world. People uh, get up in the morning, go to uh, school or work, uh, have meals with their families, spend time with their friends, and go to supermarket. Uh, in Cairo, formal education is very important. Uh, there are uh, 12 years of formal education, and then uh, entering uh, to college. Uh, actually, my uh, one of my childhood dreams was to enter the College of Engineering, and thankfully, it comes true. I think that's a great wow. dream, and it's love yeah. the College of Engineering, and very informative answer. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate that. Um, so all of those, uh, like, what did, you know, you talked about life in Cairo. Like, how did that shape who you are today and what you're doing today? Uh, throughout uh, my life, uh, I had, I have had many experiences that uh, shape uh, the way I am today. Uh, it's all me. 
uh, everything I am experienced and the people I grew up around and my friends have influenced me in many ways. Uh, one of the things that made big impact in my life uh, is entering the College of Engineering. Uh, actually, Faculty of Engineering prepare you uh, to solving tomorrow's problem uh, from buildings, infrastructure and transportation to innovation uh, technology. And as an engineer, you are loving to influence the environment around you. You will go on to find solutions to uh, shape business, society, and make an impact in the world. Uh, as engineering combines uh, scientific and the mathematical knowledge with creative thinking, uh, you learn uh, how to generate creative solutions to complex problems. Uh, then after my graduation from faculty, uh, and uh, as I am so passionate about uh, solving problems, uh, I continued my journey in the same bus. Uh, as the geospatial industry, um, uh, we are working to solve uh, big problems like disaster, climate, uh, intelligence, aviation, uh, agriculture, planning, infrastructure, water, uh, natural resources management. Talk about your role at EdgePro. You're a geospatial advisor. Tell us about that and tell us, uh, tell us about EdgePro. Uh, <clears throat> EdgePro is established in uh, 2004 uh, in Cairo, Egypt, and I graduated from college and joined EdgePro at the same year. Uh, it's totally unplanned. Uh, I'm so proud to be one of Egypt founding employees and one of the drivers to the current success. Uh, we started with 10 employees and by the time and with the efforts of our team and the challenges we faced, we reached uh, 150 employees and became one of the leading companies in the geospatial industry uh, by using greatest technologies from Hexagon Geospatial and satellite imagery from Maxar. Uh, it enabled us to participate in various national projects, either uh, civil or uh, military. Uh, Edgebro is a data-driven organization uh, investing in R&D and innovation and providing a pleasant atmosphere that attracts competent people. Uh, actually, I love Edgebro so much. Uh, it's a part of me. Uh, my role as a G-Special Advisor uh, at Edgebro uh, combines a bit of everything. It touches business, it touches technical, it, it touches strategy, uh, it touches innovation, and I like creativity. Uh, and I'm so passionate and excited with this diversity for. Um, I believe that passion is what drives us to continue, uh, as the journey to success is often long and winding. Uh, most success look a lot uh, of trial and error to get where it is today. If you are not passionate enough from the start, you will never stick it out. Uh, so uh, passion is the fuel behind a successful career. It is. Can't agree with that more. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, Maha, you've been you've been at that company for a long time and I noticed that you talked about um, diversity as well. Do you have a lot of female uh, geospatialists in that company and, and how, how, how do you see the diversity moving forward in the geospatial profession? Uh, yes, we are having uh, uh, some female at the, at the company. Um, um, and uh, I think as we are working to solve big problems uh, like disaster, climate, aviation, um, and those uh, problems are not local, uh, uh, but national and regional uh, and international also. Uh, and all of the time you should not start from scratch, you should start uh, where others uh, have left out. 
uh, you need to be aligned with the standards for data interoperability. Uh, you need to know uh, how others solve the same problems. Uh, so you have to be able to deal and to communicate with different people from different cultures and different languages. Uh, recognizing the values that different perspectives and the cultures bring to an organization and valuing the differences create a work environment where people uh, can uh, and want to do their best. Uh, I think this will help uh, you learn and benefit from the wealth of knowledge and experiences that diversity brings. Uh, it opens doors for uh, new ways of thinking and new opportunities uh, for building the success of the organization. Uh, it's important to showcase the importance of diversity uh, of thoughts uh, and the need for every member of the organization to participate in strategic planning sessions. The greatest idea may not always come from the person uh, with the most uh, uh, prestige, prestige title. Mm. Well said. So it, yeah, it's so true. Having such a diverse um, a diverse crew brings so many different things into into your company and 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 makes makes for a better company i think no question no question thank you for that answer ma um you know i i love that you're passionate about innovation and creativity and uh about challenging challenging yourself what sparked your interest in geospatial technology and how did you become a geospatial strategist uh, during my studying of computer engineering, uh, I just hear a few things about geospatial, as it is not widely known uh, at those times, and the computer engineers does not study it uh, as a faculty, only several engineers um, study it, and only few, few people know and work in geospatial. Uh, when I joined EdgeBrew uh, and then started to learn about geospatial, I impressed with the GIS. Uh, as GIS technologies are able to combine geospatial and non-geospatial data from different data sources in a geospatial analysis operation in order to answer all kinds of questions. Uh, the fact is that those questions can be answered in uh, quite remarkable if one realizes that geographic phenomena are almost never uh, homogeneously distributed. Uh, my belief is geospatial technologies are the foundational in creating positive change in the world. I think that the solution to any simple or complex problem in any industry have a direct or indirect relationship to geospatial. As everything related to location, uh, whether your car, your drone, underground utilities, uh, telecom companies, uh, and uh, as my nature that uh, I am attracted to different uh, and unique things uh, all uh, and all uh, those times, the GIS uh, was uh, different and unique. Uh, also, uh, I'm so passionate and excited about solving diff difficult problems and the challenges uh, or uh, motivation uh, and the fuel uh, for me to do my best. Uh, and to solve any problem, uh, you, should, you should have a vision and a strategy uh, which define your direction. Uh, strategy is a style of thinking uh, you ensure uh, to ensure future access. Uh, a geospatial strategy defines uh, how you will use GIS to achieve your goals. Uh, it's the choices and approaches uh, that you you're taking to uh, achieve your vision and meet your uh, business objectives. And based on my long uh, and solid experience at both uh, technical and business sectors, uh, besides product management skills, uh, I can have a big a big picture to what an effective special strategy 
which is business-oriented and holistically connects business needs with people, processes, and technology to help overcome challenges and improve results. Yeah, so uh, speaking of those results, um, and you talk about how the geospatial technology can be used to address some you know, some big challenges. Uh, how does that relate to, or how can it relate to some really, really big challenges like, you know, climate change and environmental degradation? Uh, the satellite Earth observation technology provides uh, a powerful insight into climate change. Uh, satellite imagery is a key tool used to study the changing climatic uh, pattern and for climate actions. Uh, as most climate variables can be monitored by space uh, satellites to provide a wealth of valuable information to understand the drivers and the impact of climate change, which are a vital input to governments and industries to adapt, prevent and uh, develop uh, resilience to global warming. In addition, satellite data can make uh, up for shortcomings uh, of traditional monitoring tools, such as IoT monitors, forecast guards, uh, which are expensive and time-consuming. Uh, more climate variables can monitor using satellite imagery. Uh, for example, wildfires, uh, there, uh, there has been a sharp rise in occurrence and intensity of wildfires in recent years. As the fire seasons uh, get more extreme, a huge area of vegetation worldwide is burned every year due to fires. As wildfires are closely associated with climate change, uh, they tend to reinforce each other mutually. Thus, increase uh, the ongoing crisis. Accordingly, as the crisis worsens, monitoring fires uh, could play a huge role in minimizing risk. And the traditional systems that use IoT monitors and the cameras lack efficiency, as it is time-consuming in addition to being expensive. Uh, in contrast, the satellites uh, have emerged as an effective monitoring um, uh, infrastructure, making it possible to observe extensive areas in real time. Data from satellite also provide valuable insights uh, into wildfire uh, behavior, such as their patterns and the preferred course. Also for the floods, uh, satellite imagery are also helpful in creating predictive models that could help monitor and forecast floods. Also for uh, heat waves and rising sea levels, uh, which are uh, one of the most ev uh, evident indicators for uh, global warming. Mm, interesting. Oh, it's amazing how it can be used for so many different things to 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 look after the environment and the climate and all of that kind of stuff. I'm wondering, Maha, um, what what would be one of the, or, or a couple of the projects that you've been involved in that you're most proud of? Uh, we lately participated uh, in several uh, national projects, uh, as, um, as we now help achieving the country vision uh, through the digital transformation. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll pick the National Special Data Infrastructure Project uh, with purpose of data interoperability to connect all specialized ministries and the governmental entities in one platform, allowing decision makers to reach most critical and detailed layers of information possible, uh, including health, education, housing, and utilities that help prioritizing their needs accordingly. The Egypt National Special Data Infrastructure Project is based on hexagon geospatial products, uh, inspired data schema, and OGC services. 
Uh, I have really enjoyed the opportunity to get mentorship in Inspire themes and the data specification from uh, Cassie uh, uh, Schleidt, uh, the Inspire consultant uh, who is participating in formulating the standards. Uh, also, it was my great pleasure to meet Nadine Alami, the OGC CEO, at several OGC meetings and webinars and to hear from the leaders in geospatial industries. Uh, the project supports uh, sustainable development efforts and strategic directions with the ability of conducting comprehensive planning and preparing sustainable development strategies, which contributes to making decisions based on accurate information and following up on implementation of the decisions in an efficient uh, manner. So, uh, go ahead. Okay. Okay, another project uh, which is increasing the productivity of strategic crops uh, using remote sensing techniques to monitor crop health during growth on the level of state assets and the property management project. Uh, we used artificial intelligence techniques uh, in re-evaluating and depricing state uh, properties. It's oh, interesting. Really is, really is. So the, some of this technology you mentioned, how do you... How do you see this technology evolving over the next five or 10 years? And what impact do you think it could have on the industries that you work in? Uh, I think we could transition from data providers to knowledge provider, uh, increasing our value across private industry and answering the call uh, by global organizations to partner with leaders at all levels of society uh, in addressing serious systematic uh, challenges like climate change, uh, economic inequality, and geopolitical uncertainty. Uh, the Geospatial Knowledge Infrastructure, or JKI, uh, is a grant vision based on shared databases, standardized formats, and the partnerships between industries and governments at global and local levels. Uh, the transition to GKI uh, is coming, and to stay relevant, we need to develop our skills in the areas most likely to grow in the next five to ten years, uh, like uh, 5G, indoor positioning, sensors, and IoT, uh, on-the-fly uh, spatial data analysis and predictive analysis, uh, automation, AI, machine learning, digital twins, smart cities technologies, uh, and the integration of all business systems with uh, G, uh, GIS. Uh, and AI-driven approach uh, to geospatial analytics to process uh, vast quantities of data and distills it into understandable takeaways by identifying trends uh, and outliers to support a subject matter expert or decision makers' uh, interpretation. Uh, asset owners like pipeline operators uh, have much clearer and closer than ever to real-time understanding of geological threats to the infrastructure. <coughs> wow. Sounds like there's a lot going on in the uh, infrastructure side over there. In yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Very advanced. Uh, so, yeah, mm -hmm. speaking about how you pull off projects, uh, so it's my understanding, Maha, you're a certified project manager? Product. Product manager. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I see that now. Uh, so what exactly is that? Because obviously I don't know. And uh, how does that apply to your uh, geospatial career? Is the product management is solving problems for people based on creative thinking and to be the uh, to be data driven and they take all the sessions based on data. Uh, our role is to solve a customer's problem and our solutions are customer centric. So we start with customer and working backwards. 
uh, it's an outside thinking, uh, seeing your product from the viewpoint of your customers in order to achieve customer success. Uh, here, our main interest is to understand the customer's job needs, pain points, and to design the user experience and see how to come with an innovative solution to resolve the customer's problem. Uh, this helps our customer to always have an optimum solution with the advantage of cost time, uh, high quality service with minimal risk. Uh, the product management have great importance here to truly understand the needs of customers and to set the vision and the strategy uh, to planning out the direction of products and to set the tone for people who work on it to achieve the user satisfaction. Uh, the product managers are passionate people who never gives up. So I like the product management. So you mentioned uh, the use of technologies uh, when you were talking about some of the, you know, the projects that you've worked on that you're really proud of. How do you see the role of not only AI, but, you know, even virtual reality and just machine learning in general? What effect do you see that having on the geospatial field? Uh, the current developments in AI uh, and the machine learning and the cloud computing enable more efficient and effective analysis of big data, which develop a better understanding in more applications, including asset management, risk management, emergency response, and environmental monitoring, uh, as we as um, uh, as we uh, as well as the design and the construction of transportation, utilities, and the telecom in, uh, infrastructure. JUAI uh, can bring significant benefits uh, to drive the next generation of service innovation in applications from autonomous transportation to sustainable sport cities to soil sustainability. Uh, and by incorporating 3D technology into JUAI modeling, you can create an accurate digital representation of any physical form, including landscapes, sites, geographic regions, and infrastructure. These 3D visualizations are extremely detailed and designed to include regions, uh, terrain, vegetation, building, water, and the power lines, uh, satellite imagery, weather condition, and traffic data. And the common applications for the 3D GeoAI models are city planning, uh, building information model, uh, or BIM, and the digital twins, uh, coastal modeling, developing uh, the energy sector, and the modernizing the telecom sector, and establishing a plan for mining operation. Really interesting. Yeah, I can see the mining operation. Absolutely. Uh, like that, that I think is going to go into all of the stuff we saw at Geo Week with the yeah. automate. Like that's where it's going to start first, and then everyone yep. else is going to benefit because, yep. especially with safety, if you could have just mm. machines that just crank out the stuff that we need, yep. I, that makes a lot of lives better. What are, what are we going to do with all the people? We're just going to not need them anymore. Uh, we're hiring. We can go to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> you machines, you go do all the work. Yeah. We're going to We're the just going to go like PETA and take three month holidays Vacations and, and uh, hang yeah. out at the beach for, for, for half the year. Yeah, exactly. Wouldn't that be life if AI and machines did it all for us? Yeah, maybe we're onto something here. Maybe or, we shouldn't complain. We should look forward to this. Or what would be the point of us if AI and machines did everything? What are we doing? We're I, serving no purpose. Just This is a whole nother episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, we need a psychologist for this one. Correct. Yeah, I think we do. But, but, you know, we we shouldn't live our whole lives working. So well, no. we've no. got to come to a balance somehow. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow. I always hear people talk about how we should be born at like 80 years old. 
and then live the rest of your life backwards. Like I'll a Benjamin Button thing? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I really like that movie, but it, it was kind of sad for him. I know. I know. I, yeah. that, there, wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot yeah. of good stuff. I don't think there's a perfect solution. Him. No. Do, the, I had a question asked of me the other day. Would I rather um, get to, was it 50 or something and live forever or get to 21 and die when you're 100 and stay 21 until you turn 100? Ooh. And, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Again, <laughs> whole nother episode. I, 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 Let's you know, move on. <laughs> I, as a, as a 21 forever is kind of appealing. No, no, no. no, no 21, 21 until you're 100 or 50 and then forever. I oh, take 50 and forever. Oh, 50 forever. No question. Yeah. No, I don't want to live forever. But yeah. but no, that's why you say it because you're over 50 but still 21 inside. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, five. so that you're I'm living like you're, you're, you're living inside. this <laughs> as we so speak. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, shit. <laughs> Let's get back to Maha. <laughs> um, Maha, I'm really interested. Um, you've been with the company for quite a long time. Um, could you talk about what you believe are some of like the most important things in running a successful organization within the geospatial industry, um, especially coming from an engineering background and you've been successful in this company for such a long time? Uh, okay, I think the most important things to run successful organization uh, in general uh, are empathy, uh, recognizing and respecting the diversity uh, and involve all members in decisions that impact them and uh, to build the trust. Uh, the empathy is uh, so important as you never uh, know what people are going through uh, or they went through. Uh, everyone have uh, uh, has a personal problems and sometimes uh, some personal emotions get brought into the workplace. Uh, try not to ignore them, but instead find the core of the problem and uh, to be supportive employer by showing concern. Uh, supportive workplace culture uh, is a foundation of a healthy workplace uh, environment. Uh, the recognizing uh, and uh, understanding uh, the individual's differences mean to have respect for each person involves fundamental belief in their right to exist, uh, to be heard, and to have the same opportunities as everyone else. Uh, also, create, uh, creating a positive atmosphere is extremely critical to the overall success of organization uh, that makes your employees feel secure uh, and motivated uh, and also gives them a sense of belonging. Uh, uh, another point is to build the trust throughout the organization uh, as employees simply will not give their uh, full effort and attention to a company uh, that they don't trust. Uh, building a trust with the employee is uh, paramount to getting the employees buy into the company's strategic plan. Uh, trust and respect are the building blocks upon which all uh, good uh, company employee relationships uh, uh, are built. Oh, uh, also, mm. uh, also to encourage collaboration over competition. Uh, it used to be common uh, to create internal competitions to motivate uh, action, uh, but uh, for every competition, uh, there needs uh, to be a loser. Uh, when someone loses uh, repetitively, repetitively uh, they may eventually decide to stop compete, uh, competing. Uh, a better alternative is to create an environment of collaboration over competition. Uh, when people uh, work together, they all have a part in success and no one has to lose. 
a collaborative work environment can produce higher quality work with less stress on individual employees. Uh, uh, all of those points are uh, so important to run successful organization in general, uh, and especially in the geospatial industry, uh, which include problem solving challenges, uh, which highly need collaboration and the positive atmosphere for success. Thank you for that answer, Mala. I, I love that. So that much is good to been talking about. Yes, <laughs> really. So is. much to uh, take away from that answer. That was that was great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, uh, Maha. I have to ask this. We ask everybody this question, uh, but I'm really curious what uh, what your your response is going to be here. Um, do you have a mantra that you live by? Um, at least, uh, to be successful, you uh, don't need uh, a better job uh, or home, uh, phone, uh, car, clothes, uh, but you need a better mindset and always see the good side of everything. Uh, also, uh, a failure is a part of life. Uh, if you don't fail, uh, you don't learn. And if you don't learn, you will never change. Here, here. <laughs> Sean and I were just talking about this like yesterday. We were actually we? really were. I love this lady. Yes. <laughs> yes. No question. No question. Amazing. Hey, Mahal, you did a great job and we thank you. Um, is there anything else that maybe we haven't talked about that you want to get out there? Uh, no. No, no, I am great. Uh, all, all is good. Um, uh, and uh, uh, if anyone thinks that I can provide support uh, to him, you can... Uh, Talk to me. Uh, I'll talk to anybody anytime. Um, and anyone can visit uh, our website, uh, which is uh, h-pro.com. Uh, and uh, let's to see uh, any angle uh, for collaboration. I love that. Thank you so much for that. John, yeah, absolutely. anything else, buddy? Uh, it's just, I, I, I thought that was great. I think that uh, the perspective is just, yes. it's just crazy how yeah. we're talking about the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, Mahad summarizes it a lot better than we do. Sure did. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's just the commonality of 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 issues and what we're excited about is is pretty awesome. So yeah. really cool. It really is. How about so you, Peter? Anything it's, else? It's interesting. Well, it's interesting that you know you guys talk about it there. We talk about it here. It's now being talked over in in, mm. in Egypt. You know, it's it is everywhere. It's everywhere. No question. Yeah. Really is. Well, thank you again, Mahad. We really appreciate your time. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Maha. It was lovely to meet you. Yes, thanks for uh, for staying up late or waking up early. It's uh, <laughs> it's been, really been a pleasure. I don't know. It's difficult for you, so. Yep. Thank you. Thank you again. All right. Again, adding value and making new friends. Who adding knew? Adding value. Absolutely. Who knew? If anyone would like to be a guest on a future show, uh, shoot us an email at info at the geoholics.com. Uh, Farouz, Nassam, Aliana, El Hawa, available everywhere. Until next time. Respect everyone. Focus on cooperation over competition. Better mindset. Look for the best in everything like Sean does. Absolutely. Most importantly, be safe and healthy.